Hello and welcome to the Degenerate Nation podcast. I'm here with comedian Caitlin Durante. Hello. Hello. How are you doing today? It's me. I'm, I'm doing all right. I am recovering from a head cold, so apologies for sounding a little gravelly in my voice. Oh, but that's okay. They haven't heard you before, so but they true, will when they know, check out your YouTube like clips. We'll, we'll link it on the on the page. Um, and your your you have a podcast as well. I do. Should I talk about it? Yeah, why not? I have a podcast. You have a podcast. We should talk about podcasts. We all have podcasts. <laughs> um, my podcast is called The Bechtel Cast, uh, awesome. and uh, that name is inspired by something called the Bechtel Test. If you're not familiar with it, listeners out there, um, it which is a, a test that you usually apply to movies, and it requires that um, a movie has at least two named female characters in it those two characters have to speak to each other and their conversation cannot be about uh men um so that is sort of like a jumping off point that we use on my podcast to initiate a larger conversation about the representation of women in movies and we've discovered uh surprise it's usually not very good oh it's shit and you know knowing (laughs) that you do this do your podcast like i was thinking back on things that I've been involved with, like, or, and by involved with, I mean, like, a web series that I did that's no longer in existence, and uh-huh. a, uh, and then several scripts, like, pilots and a, and a few features as well, and uh-huh. I was thinking, like, did I pass the Bechdel test? And, like, no on this one, no on that one, yes on this one. <laughs> oh, good. Yeah. At least you got one. Yes. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's usually, as a, and the Bechdel test isn't perfect, mm-hmm. uh, it's not, like, a great measurement for, you know, health feminist a movie is actually going to be yeah. uh because some uh pretty regressive movies will kind of by accident sometimes pass the <laughs> test and other movies that do have a sort of a more feminist perspective uh for whatever reason may not pass the Bechdel test so it's not necessarily like the best litmus test yeah um but that's why we open up the conversation to just talking in general about you know how well female characters in a movie uh, how well they're developed, you know, what function they serve in the story. Are they objectified, you know, are other harmful tropes, are those perpetuated when it comes to sort of gender and representation and stuff like that. So that's largely what we talk about. But yeah. since all that sounds kind of uh, potentially dry and, uh, you know, maybe buzzkilly. It's um, not, though. I assure you, listeners, <laughs> it's not. It's not dry. Yeah, it's we, wet. We do our best to keep it light, keep it funny, while also being informative and having, you know, some hot discourse. Yes, hot discourse. Sniffle. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you know how discourse always is. Hot. Yeah, yeah hot discourse. Hot, ripe discourse. <laughs> The, now, are there any movies that would get a hypothetical hundred on the Bechdel test, like Steel Magnolias or Thelma and Louise? Yeah, um, yeah, probably both. Of, I haven't seen Steel Magnolias in a while, uh, but I imagine because it's largely an all like I think mostly if all yeah female cast. There's a yeah. there's one guy in there probably. Yeah, someone's <laughs> husband or something man, boyfriend. Yeah. yeah, and he's um, white though. So but like, yeah, so I imagine. <laughs> Most of those conversations would probably pass the Bechdel test, although hard to say. You know, there's a movie called The Women. Uh, there's a, yeah. I think, a 1939 version of it, and then they rebooted it in like the early 2000s, I want to say. Um, I don't think there's a single man in 
the, the movie, at least not the original one. That's the only one I've seen. Yeah. And yet, most of the conversations that all of the women have are talking about men. They're talking about absent men, like hypothetical men? Yeah, yeah, they're talking about their husbands. And, like, oh. there's some of them are like, I think my husband's cheating on me, and da-da-da. So, like, they're always talking about their husbands or yeah, their boyfriends. Sucks. And it's just like, come on, try harder. <laughs> The only thing worse than a girl talking about her ex-boyfriend while you're, like, on a date or something or, like, dating her is watching a movie about women that you – hypothetical women talking about men that aren't even on screen. Yeah, it's, like, how – that's the most visually uninteresting thing. Like, <laughs> yeah. Really? You're going to talk about things you, like, the audience can't even see? Like, right. Uh, yeah. Anyway, so movies are terrible. I mean, I love them. I have built an entire life and career and personality around loving <laughs> movies. Yeah. Uh, but they, it's I've ha- I've like ruined movies for myself by <laughs> starting to like examine them through this lens. Yeah. And uh, yeah, so like even, like my favorite movie for the longest time was Back to the Future, and then we. Uh, That's my favorite movie. It. It's no rapey, though. It's rapey, though. It's, yeah, it's rapey. It's, oh, there's all kinds of messed up shit in it, but. <laughs> yeah. It's such a well crafted narrative. Like, oh, it's every, perfect. Minus that part. Information pays off later yeah. on. Like, everything, just the world building is really fun. It's just like, I love the, just the tone and the. It's so it's great, but yeah. man, when you look at it through the lens of how it treats women. Oof, it's real bad. <laughs> my, my 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 biggest peeve with it, if I could have a peeve uh, on such a awesome thing, um, yeah. would be that George still hires Biff to do his like car detailing, even though he tried to wape, rape his wife. Did I say right. wape? I said wape. <laughs> I don't like saying I, I hate rape so much. I said wape instead of rape. <laughs> yeah, that absolutely makes no sense, and I yeah. get. I, Here's my hypothesis as to why that happened. They needed to figure out an economical way to bring Biff back and to show him as like this, to contrast it with how we see him earlier in the movie. Because yeah. earlier in the movie, he's George McFly's boss. He's, you know, bullying him. And then we see when we go back to 1955, it's much the same where Biff is, you know, the bully. But then we're like, oh, we need to see how the dynamic has shifted after Marty fixed everything by, you know, forming a plan to assault his teen mom. Cool plan, Marty. (laughs) Uh, After he does that to fix everything, then they go back to this new timeline in 1985 and they're like, okay, well, we have to show... We have to figure out a way to show Biff as being, you know, this kind of, like, grunt labor like working for george like yeah. having no confidence like being this like doof and they <laughs> needed you... to figure out a way to show that yeah. in a bad way i guess he's still have... a small business owner though true so he's better and, in a way and why i did like exactly why did george hire him if this guy attempted to rape what would become his wife like, I don't know, maybe not ever associate with him again. That's yeah. a start. Yeah. Yeah, that was, I mean, it's, it's a, it was, a, like, portrayed as a small town, but it was clearly, like, uh, suburban L.A. Right. I have to imagine somewhere in the valley. Like, obviously, Hill Valley is a yeah. fictional place. but It it's is, probably, indeed. Yeah, like, I tried valley. to find it when I lived there. 
<laughs> yeah, I don't think it's uh, unfortunately a real place. But for a while, I loved Back to the Future so much that I probably would have tried to like live there just so I could say that. Yeah, I would go <sighs> shop at Twin Pines Mall, and then it became Lone Pines Mall. Yeah, right, right, right. Another thing uh, that paid off in that. But yeah, the 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 rapey thing was. Yeah, that was a, that was a bit much, like looking back on it. So it's <sighs> it is kind of cringy, and but I mean, I guess it's supposed to be. But right, but yeah. I mean, th- there was definitely ways they could have handled that differently. Like Marty's plan to get George to to like pair off with Lorraine is for Marty to like basically assault her on their date to the dance, and yeah. then George is supposed to come in and Punch save him. her, right? So, like, not only does, like, it set up a situation where a woman needs to be saved by a man, it also means <laughs> that, like, Mar- like his grand idea, really? You already know your mom. You know what she likes. You've lived with her for 17 years. Yeah. Surely you, like, have a sense of, like, well, sorry to yell. Oh, my God. No, yell. It's, it's, <laughs> we're, we're destroying our formerly favorite movies, so. Right, it's it's making me. It's I have a very large <laughs> emotional response to this, but it's like Marty, you know what your mom's taste is. You know what her interests are. Why yeah. not just use that information to be like, hey, George, my mom likes this thing. Like she likes tennis or whatever the fuck. Like I don't know, maybe find like use that as your way. But instead, <laughs> Marty's like, no, I'm gonna assault her. And then you come in and save the day, George. And yeah. it's like, really? Knock me out, Dad, with your uh, your unathletic guess, arms. Like, maybe because they're like teenagers, that's the best plan they could come up with. Yeah. But like, come on. Anyway, so <laughs> I don't know if I can say it's my favorite movie anymore. I think my new favorite movie is Paddington 2. And, nice. Uh, that. <laughs> Does it pass uh, the test? I think it does. I actually have not... Okay, I saw Paddington 2 in theaters four times. Yeah. Uh, Holy so, shit, that's awesome. <laughs> it's so good. Um, I, at no point... Sometimes, here's the, Okay, so here's the other thing. When I... Um, even though I've been doing my podcast for the past uh, year and a half, a little over yeah. at this point, Drama. because I've been so conditioned to watch movies just at face value... I have to, I still haven't fully trained by myself to, like, notice if a movie passes the Bechdel test or not. I have to, like, be deliberately, like, sitting down and being like, okay, I have right. to pay attention to this very specific thing. Because um, otherwise, otherwise it's a little harder to, like, enjoy a movie, <laughs> you know, if you're just like, okay, are women talking to each other yet? <laughs> um, so... Paddington was such a joy that I just forgot to pay attention. I am fairly certain, I don't know if you've seen any of the Paddingtons, the Paddington Extended extended Universe. I have not, um, and I need to, because I have nieces that are five and three, and so okay. they might be a, about ready for that. Yeah, I, well... Maybe but, not. I would say, like, seven is probably... Oh, shit. Well, I'm ready for it. You sold okay, me. Right. Yeah, you can watch it <laughs> I had a Paddington bear doll. Or bear, I mean. You're, you're a grown adult. You can do whatever you want. That's right. But with... Paddington um, 2, I think that the mother, there's a mother, a daughter, and a, uh, a relative named Mrs. Bird, and I'm pretty sure they all 
talk to each other. I think most of the time they are maybe talking about Paddington, but because yeah. Paddington is not a human man, it counts. Pass the Bechdel test. I don't know. That's a conversation that I'll have to have on an upcoming episode. <laughs> you should totally analyze Paddington, Paddington Bear too, and see if your your co-host and guest can uh, vibe with you on that. Yeah, I, I'm willing to say that them talking about a bear. Although he is male-identifying, so I don't know. Where but is he cis? It? Does it count? I think he is, yeah. He's a, <laughs> when is there going to be representation in movies of transgender bears? I, I'm working on it. Okay. <laughs> I'm reframing my, uh, all my, my work to include trans yeah. characters instead of, like, 40-year-old version, which is one whole now, is they had a joke about it. Uh, a trans person. Mm. Yeah. Oh man. Some of those. I just watched Knocked Up earlier today because oh, we're recording an episode about it tomorrow. Yeah. And holy shit, is there so much problematic stuff in that? Again, not to be a, a buzz. Kill, no, it's kill, no. I remember everyone. thinking like a little bit after that. <laughs> I was just like, first off, she would never go for him. Yeah, I mean, she yeah, seemed kind of been... like uppity too. Because it's Catherine Heigl, the character probably wasn't written that way, but it's Catherine Heigl, so... Right, I mean, there's a whole there's a whole argument of, like, okay, someone out of someone else's league, like, that's a whole thing to explore. Because you yeah. see all the time, like, in a couple, one of the people is more conventionally attractive, and then one of the people is less conventionally It's usually attractive. the woman, too. That's uh, more conventionally attractive. Or, um, yeah, I wonder if that has anything to do with society's ex- expectations of how women should look and how much value we place on women's look. I wonder if it has anything to do about that. But anyway, yeah, <laughs> what I'm saying is it has everything to do about that. Um, but yeah, so I mean, I don't know. The, the problems with that movie for me were like... Um, all the female characters are portrayed as like ira- emotionally irrational shrews. Yeah, like, they're all like yelling. They are all extremely uptight. Whereas the guys, like Seth Rogen, all his friends, Paul Rudd, they're like goofy, fun guys. They're goofing around. They're having fun. We laugh at them. They're making jokes, and yeah. it's just like okay. Uh, that was so. That was so unrealistic. <laughs> Because the guys are like, there's no way the guys like that would be joking around all the time. I mean, where do they get their money? They show them like frantically, like show show their bank account, and then like having to decide which like three dollar or four dollar candy bar to get. Not right. candy bars aren't three dollars or four dollars, but you know, you get my point. They'd be like, I don't, I can't afford, and ultimately walk off like not being able to afford that. That takes twenty seconds. Yeah. And like yeah, raise I mean, the stakes a bit on the other characters. It's true. Instead of the yeah. pink eye fart thing. That was funny in 2006, but, you know. <laughs> right, yeah. I um, Well, you know, be on the lookout for an episode of the Bechtel cast. Yes. About I will absolutely listen to that because I've just shared my opinion on that. I'm, this is probably the least favorite of his Judd Apatow projects for me. Yeah, it's, it's rough. Um, you said you were listening to the Frozen episode? Yeah, yeah. I... Okay, so like, you don't you don't care for Frozen much. I mean, I didn't. Uh, I don't hate it. I didn't love it. I yeah. I was I'm, I land pretty neutrally on it, but I love to hear. Uh, so you you really liked the movie? You said 
Yeah, I did watch it for the first time with my nieces, though, so that might have, like, influenced me. Like, I transported into their minds. And, sure. Yeah, and when the song came on, they're singing it, and or my older niece was singing it. She was, like, two or three, but she was, like, jabbering it. And oh, I was like, yeah. I get this. I like this. I like that there's the sisters, that that's the most important relationship in the movie. Mm-hmm. Like, I like that part. And, of course, my niece liked Hans, because she didn't really understand the that he becomes a bad guy until a little um, later. Right. And even yeah. then, she was like, I like Hans. Like, oh, shit. <laughs> of course you do. Um, I thought that was an interesting yeah. twist, that, that, like, this young princess was willing to throw herself away for some guy she just met, and that he turns out to be a douchebag. Right. Yeah. That, yeah. um, and luckily, like, that's not, like, the act of love that's required to, like, lift the curse of the movie, it's good that it's yeah, not sisters. like a, a tr- like a romantic yeah. hetero kiss, you know? It's, uh, it's an act of, like, sisterly love, which, yeah. um, saves the day, so that that I do like um, about the movie, but there's also, you know, some missteps here and there throughout the movie with how they handle different things. But yeah. um, overall, like, it is like a step in the right direction for like a Disney princess movie because so many of them up to that point were. You oh, know, they're, just, they're awful. Oh, man. <laughs> I mean, look, you compare that to like Little Mermaid and Ariel throws her voice away. For, like, basically her soul. Yeah, she throws her voice away, her soul, for exchange to be a person. Not because she wants to be a person just to be a person, but because she wants this guy who she doesn't know, Prince Eric. We know nothing about. We know nothing about him. And it's it's like basically falling in love with someone on Tinder that you just swiped on. And you don't know anything about them. And suddenly you're throwing your voice away. Ursula's taking that shit and she's keeping it and mm-hmm. yeah it was uh, that's a terrible message it, yeah and it then really, he saves her right truly is what's that then he saves her yeah she yeah. doesn't even get to participate in like the climax of the movie no she's all like you know just hanging back on the sidelines where uh, eric prince eric defeats ursula the villain like he's the one who uh, takes like the big spiky sh- ship and yeah. uh, rams it, it into her. Yeah, a giant Ursula and yeah, Ariel's just like, all right, you you got this. I'm not gonna do anything, even though I'm the protagonist of the story. Yeah, it was so. stupid. <laughs> great, char- great side characters though. You know what? Scuttle is a feminist icon. We can all agree. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> No, I don't know. Yeah, it's kind of cool. Flounder, Sebastian. Yeah. yeah. And the, oh, and even in the, the 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 song that everyone remembers, it, he's not singing it to Ariel. Sebastian. Yeah, which song? Under the Sea? Uh, no, uh, oh, I guess that's the big one. I mean, the one I was thinking of was Kiss the Girl. Oh, right, 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 right. So that's the second uh, biggest one, and it's not even to the protagonist. It doesn't involve the protagonist. She's just, like, sitting there chilling, lifeless in this boat. <laughs> right. He is telling, so Sebastian the Crab is telling yeah. Prince Eric to kiss Ariel, even though she cannot verbally consent to this kiss because <laughs> yeah. she literally does not have a voice. And she can't yeah, consent Sebastian to first base, and who knows what Eric's intentions are past that? 
Right. He wants to rock and the boat. He's just like, yeah, kiss this woman. We don't know if she would be receptive to that or not yeah. because she can't talk. But just go ahead and try. Yeah. And, and I mean, the movie fuck does the girl. She is yeah. into it. Yeah. Ariel seems to be extremely horny. I mean, what else is motivating her to like yeah. sacrifice everything in her life? To Some strange piece of strange. With, yeah, piece of strange. But um, yeah, so she's a, she's a horny horny character. But uh, yeah, Little Mermaid not a feminist text. And then no. I mean, going back to like uh, like Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs or like yeah. Sleeping Beauty, where the the protagonists of the movie are literally like comatose. Yes, yeah. yeah. they're basically and, dead. They're dead, but you know what brings them back to life? A kiss that they, again, cannot consent to because they are sleeping. Yeah, it's not cool. No, but... What about Beauty anyway, and the Beast? So, what's that? What about Beauty and the Beast? How you feel about that oh, one? That one... Okay, that was our second episode ever. Awesome. And I feel like we hadn't really found our, our voice yet. We hadn't yeah. really... Uh, our conversations have gotten a little more sophisticated since then. I think our main points for that is that it was frustrating to see her sacrifice her life in, just in order to save her father. Because if you remember, Belle uh, goes to the castle and the Beast has her dad imprisoned there. Yeah. And she's like, take me as a prisoner instead even though I'm young and have my whole life ahead of me, and my old dad is a failed inventor, like, I get it, you (laughs) want to, like, save your dad, I guess, but, like, it's such a weird choice to make, and then there's the whole argument of, like, okay, this beast is an abuser. He literally captures you and holds you hostage and holds you prisoner, and yet you fall in love with him, even though yeah. he's your captor and he's verbally abusive. And he's a, like, not human, really. <laughs> and he's not a human. He, it's interspecies he Stockholm Syndrome. Animal, and, you know, maybe in 20 years when society has progressed and it'll be okay to love, like, humanoid... Yes. ...animal-type human people <laughs> hybrids but, it, <laughs> but at this point it raises some questions so <laughs> yeah and then and then there's that and then there's also like bell sings this whole song about like i want adventure in the great wide somewhere so she like has these ambitions to like yeah. go out into the world and she seeks this adventure and then the first chance like the first option or the first choice that the movie presents her with she's like oh you know how i said i wanted to like go out and see the world actually i'm gonna allow myself to be imprisoned for the rest of my life yeah uh, uh, that's the right choice for me to make and oh i like, won the rose petals fell out fell down and, and he <laughs> turns out he's hot and all these people are human and i get to live here in this castle and my dad doesn't die and gaston okay. leaves me alone everybody wins but i don't read anymore Right. Well, he does give her a library, oh, yeah. so I guess he's a good guy. Yeah. <laughs> so she gets she gets books. I mean, so she sort of got what she wanted. She loved books to start, 
but she That's wanted true. more than this provincial life. And exactly. Not get that. Unless right. I guess and being then, in a castle with a prince is not provincial, but yeah. That's true. In you're right. <laughs> this is a great movie. No, God, I love that yeah. film. I mean, man, like, and I love these movies still. Like, I've yeah. seen them a million times. Like, I still find them entertaining. All I really ask is just people be, that people be critical of the media that they consume, um, and and be aware that it's usually, you know, mistreating a marginalized group in some yes, way, whether it's someone... women, people of color, people in the queer community, yeah, etc. <laughs> I agree. I, I try to look at like some of the other films I'm in. I don't think Dumb and Dumber hurt anybody. I don't think it, it also doesn't pass the Bechdel test, though. Probably not. I haven't seen that since I was probably like a preteen, so oh, I nice. don't fully remember that. I do remember. Oh, I actually have a very vivid memory of a scene where one of the female characters is like, she's wearing like a tank top or something, and she starts to like pull down the straps of her top and then it like she has like headlights or something where her boobs yes yeah (laughs) that's the only thing i remember about that movie and and he's just like holy shit yeah and then he he runs in a truck almost yeah (laughs) so that it it, it poked fun at that at least but yeah i guess that doesn't really pass the Past the old test. Not the greatest. No, uh, no, because they, well, they they think they're like helping her or saving her, but they're really not. Because, like, she gets, she had a million dollars in cash that she set set down for um, the kidnappers of her husband. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and they steal it. So it really puts her in a bind. So they're not really like, they're not saving some damsel in distress. They're just delusional and they think that, like, they're, she's gonna fall in love with him, one of them, and she doesn't. And it's actually secretly right. a uh, a love story between two men, with Harry and Lloyd, because they end oh, up true. together. They ended up together yeah. like closer than they would have been. Yeah, I know. Yeah. I do like to see stories about male friendships that yeah. aren't you know like toxic or that they just have like a nice a nice male friendship that's close and sweet yeah they're each other's soulmates because like no one else would put up with them right they're both just too dumb which one's the dumber one if it's oh called dumb and dumb? uh lloyd lloyd is the dumber one harry lloyd is the jeff daniels character, uh he's the, the jim, um, carrey. jim carrey he can't read so he's dumber <laughs> <laughs> or is that oh, ableist as i love them uh are most of them you know fall on a scale of either being like like pretty to fairly regressive (laughs) so yeah that's how i've chosen to spend most of my time these days is uh ruining movies for people (laughs) yep how have you like gone about growing the audience uh, of the podcast? Yeah, yeah. Um, I don't really know. It's all kind of happened by accident. We had a, a pretty small following to begin with, and mm-hmm. then we uh, got wrote, written up um, in a couple AV articles. Oh, that wow. gave us a little boost. And then, um, yeah, we just sort of, like, Jamie, my, my co-host, uh, was 
guesting on um, the Cracked podcast here and there. So then she got to know the people at Cracked, and then oh, cool. they, uh, Jack O'Brien, um, moved over to How Stuff Works, and he had you know heard about us through being on the Cracked podcast and stuff, and he was a fan of ours, so he then brought us on to the How Stuff Works network, so that's been a, a recent development of ours. Nice. Uh, I think, uh, it was like a month, a little over a month ago that um, we joined the network, and yeah. so that's uh, done a great deal to help grow our audience. Sorry so, to let the cat out. <laughs> oh, no. Yeah. Let the cat out of the Bunch, bunch of meowing. That's really cool. It sounds like real organic growth there. Yeah, and it's taken a little while. Like, we've been doing the podcast, like I said, for a little over a year and a half. So, yeah, um, yeah we just kind of, like, were patient with it, and everything sort of paid off. And, and now we're getting, we're reaching a, a wider audience with being on the network, which is great. Like, we want the message that we're sending to reach as many people as possible. Awesome. Because, like, we... You know, we as a society have just sort of been conditioned to, you know, take same old shit. media. Uh, yeah, and like because we see so much of the same tropes over and over again, it those things have become normalized. Yeah. And we think, oh yeah, like oh, a man stalking a woman—that's <laughs> romantic. Because so many love stories feature that very premise. Yeah. And because that's what we see over and over it again. It seeps like, into our brains with our mouths open, you know. It's like, oh, okay, I like that. And that's love. we just think that that's how it's supposed to be. And then yeah. you like, when you think about it for a second, you're like, wait a minute. That's not good. Like, ah. did you hear about that Henry Cavill comment recently where he was like, oh, yeah, like, since the Me Too movement, I oh, feel God. like I can't ask women out anymore because I don't want to end up in jail. And it's like, okay, Henry, what were you doing to ask women <laughs> out before? Yeah. Because if you think that what you were doing would end you up in jail, like, you were not asking women out the right way. How does uh, the guy who plays Superman fucking have trouble meeting women? <laughs> right? <laughs> no, probably because he thinks that, like, stalking her or harassing women is the way to go. I don't know. But, um, yeah, just like, I was just like, really, dude? Like, what? What do you do? Like, I think a lot of men are struggling with, like, oh, no, I, I have to, like, really walk on eggshells now around women. I can't, like, talk to them. I can't approach them. I can't ask them out. And that's not the case no, at all. It's you just, just like, can't really, rape them. Yeah, you can't, like, Be, Do anything them. harassment-y or further. Yeah, like, you can't like, do that. You're not supposed You weren't ever supposed to do that stuff. Right. And, and now that, uh we're finally challenging it on a mainstream level all like so many people are afraid to like oh no i I can never talk to a woman again it's like no that's not what we're saying we're just saying that you have to be all you have to do is respect women and ask them out in a respectful way and if they say no then you have to respect that choice like that's really all there is to it it's extremely simple yeah (laughs) and by no you mean like the old i have a boyfriend I mean that yeah some people use that excuse some people like I I used to do that and I've found that like I was like that's not really I mean I don't want to like lie so yeah. I, I've gotten to the point where I'm just perfectly honest if someone asks me out and I'm not interested I just say like thank you I'm really flattered um but I 
and not interested. That's so much um, more refreshing. Like, to yeah, both I mean, to hear yeah, and to say, I imagine. It like because if you make up a, a lie about a boyfriend or something like that, then you know you're spinning this web of lies, and and that and I don't know, like yeah, it's just like so. Does that mean then? Because I think guys will maybe get the impression like, oh. If she didn't have a boyfriend, I guess maybe she would say yeah, exactly. yes. So then I have just, to kind of like... It's just my bad luck. <laughs> right. Bad timing as usual, Ed. Yeah. So I found it's it's just best in every scenario just to be honest about what it is. And, you know, sometimes it is. Sometimes someone does have a, a significant other. Sometimes it is like kind of bad timing. Sometimes people yeah. aren't in a, a place emotionally to be prepared to date uh and that is all fine but the bottom line is like if you ask someone out and i'm saying you as in like the general populace of every gender if you ask someone out and the person you're asking out says no thanks uh just accept it and move on there's a lot of people a lot more choices many fish in the sea many beasts in the castle There are, there are definitely. Um, let's talk about your your stand up a little bit. Um, when did you start? When did you decide like fuck this? I'm I'm gonna do stand up. I started about ten years ago. Oh wow! Uh, uh, yeah, uh, not somewhere between nine and ten years ago. I was living in New York City at the time. I uh, was fresh out of college, didn't really have, like, a community yet, like a friends, like a tight friend circle. Yeah. Uh, so I was like, oh, man, I need to, like, make some friends. Maybe I can take a class. Um, I also <laughs> did a fun thing where when I was, like, at a bar and maybe like some guy would approach me and start talking to me if I wasn't interested. And this is an example of a thing that I shouldn't have done and don't do anymore. But if I wasn't interested in in the person, I would just start like making up a whole (laughs) persona. Yeah. (laughs) My name is Maria. I, uh, I'm a standup comedian. Uh, so I would like tell people that I did comedy and just as like a you know here's my fake identity that you don't yeah. know is fake and they all believed me <clears throat> so I was like oh <laughs> is this believable <laughs> like could I do this um, and I had been you know I had always had an interest in in writing creative writing mm-hmm. um, I used to write like comedic poetry in high school <laughs> you oh know? that's awesome cool kids doing cool stuff yeah um, and I had I took different like writing classes in college and of the films that I made in film school they were mostly comedic mm-hmm. and so I you know I had people like encouraging me like oh you're a funny writer you know you you have a good sense of humor a good uh, you know just taste in comedy and I was like okay this this seems like a natural progression so I enrolled in a stand-up class and uh found out that I really liked it and just kept doing it so um yeah I didn't stay in New York much long after that class uh, but then I moved to Boston and I came up in the Boston comedy scene and then I've been living in LA for almost four years now yeah. and I've uh, been doing comedy steadily since I got here and yeah I just uh, you know 
when you grow up uh, in a small town in Pennsylvania where, you know, your parents are basically Amish, but they're also atheists somehow, <laughs> and, you know, they all have social anxiety, yeah. and your high school soccer coach stole a deer and got arrested for what? it. When, and then you worked at Hooters as a delivery driver. You're just like, you know what? I'm a delivery driver right now. I feel you. <laughs> I was like, you can't not do comedy. Like, it's that much. Yeah, that's a perfect know, I mean, setup. <laughs> comedy for a lot of comedians is almost like a coping mechanism to, like, reconcile, you know, whatever situation they have in terms of their upbringing or you know, a lot of, like, they'll, you know, they've used comedy as a defense mechanism yeah. their whole life, and... I've know, definitely done that. Ian <laughs> suffer from a whole smorgasbord of mental illness, usually, mm -hmm. and uh, we use comedy as a way to cope with that, <laughs> so... Yeah, you know, I, I don't... Yeah. I've never done stand-up, because... And first off, I admire the shit out of it, because being up there and sharing sharing something that you created, um, and that condensed the format where you have to be real tight, like... And you're yeah. talking in front of strangers like that. That intimidates me, but I don't mind doing this. I don't mind writing something. But and I've I've actually done a um, an open mic poetry reading before. But okay. yeah, but I, I take uh, I take medication that like makes me kind of shaky as a, like a side effect. And so I was holding up the piece of paper there to to read off my my poems and stuff. And I'm like sitting there shaking. And I'm, but I wasn't feeling nervous at all. So there was this disconnect oh. there, and I was like, "God damn it! If I if I was doing stand up, I'd sit there with like the microphone, just like fucking shaking." <laughs> Have you ever seen that? Has anyone ever done that before? Um, yeah, I think you mean like as a result of nerves, or or I feel like I've yeah, seen different comedians, and they might have just you know been on a similar medication, or they might have just like had some sort of condition that was causing them to have pretty un like shaky hands yeah um but i don't know i never like thought anything of it i was just like oh that's just a thing that that person has and you know i'm paying more attention to their jokes than that's good you know they're yeah so yeah i never really thought much of it nice but um yeah i mean comedy stand-up is so vulnerable because uh, mm -hmm. yeah you are like you're up there by yourself you're all you have your all you have in your toolbox really is your jokes and your delivery and your persona you know it's just it's you and your brain yeah. and your voice and yeah and you're talking about you know your you know your your opinions your perspective like how you view the world and Okay, yeah, it can be super vulnerable, but also you're supposed to be hilarious. <laughs> yeah, at the same time, vulnerable and hilarious, and they yeah, they have so to it's like wild. It's like a paradox, yeah. but it works, and it's just a beautiful, horrible thing. <laughs> <laughs> a beautiful, horrible thing. That's great. Yeah. Uh, I actually had a a dream recently that I was at a Bill Burr show, and it was a small, like super small show for some reason. And I was in like the third row, and I got up to go to the the bathroom, but I had to like cross like in front of him. And no, I wasn't going to the bathroom. It was to let in two friends, the, my friend, this married couple, and uh -huh. yeah, and he just sat there and like roasted me for ten minutes, like. <laughs> so I dreamt about being heckled. Yeah, that's. Um... I don't know what that says about me. 
Right. Maybe. Yeah. What would what would Freud? Was he the dream analyzer? Yeah. Psychologist. Yeah. He was a. He he said everything was about sex or your mom or sex with your mom. I think. Right. Uh, yeah. <laughs> the whole Oedipus complex. Yeah. Right. Yeah. This represents this. That was more Russian. That sounded more Russian. Sometimes I botch it. <laughs> what, he was German? Yeah, he yeah, was German, yeah. German Freud, was, yeah. Freud. Maybe Austrian, who knows. Yeah, he could have been um, Austrian. You know what? I've got Google, right? Google it. I, I think he was part of the Ottoman Empire, and he broke off and formed his own yeah, psychological Sigmund, guild. Where are you from? <laughs> Did he have any children? Is, he's from the Czech Republic. Oh, wow, okay. We were both wrong. <laughs> Samson, I was, was way off. Hang on. Yeah. He was an Austrian neurologist. There you go. But born in the Czech Republic. And um, so, I don't know. Anyone who wants to tweet at me and let me know who, what Sigmund Freud's, you know, background is, I'm all ears. What's your Twitter handle? It's just at Caitlin Durante, my name. Oh, um, great. That's very simple. Yeah, so easy, except that there's a hundred ways to spell Caitlin, so good luck. Yeah, she's not going to tell you. You just have to figure it out. I tell you. It's Caitlin with a C, C-A-I-T-L-I-N. Excellent. Yeah. Um, so another goal I had coming into this was to get you to teach Indonesians about feminism because we, apparently we have, like, a large audience in Indonesia and Vietnam and they could be bots oh. either like we're doing well or like our podcast audience is entirely composed of bots and like one guy from Twitter. So <laughs> I can't, I can't tell I'm not sophisticated enough to, uh, to go through and do a scan or whatever. Um, sure. but so I Googled us once uh, a couple months ago, uh-huh. super vain and or desperate and I found out that we were the uh, what, the 25th most popular po- comedy podcast in Vietnam. I was, okay. like, I was like, what the fuck? I've never been to Vietnam. Well, I don't speak the language. Like, I didn't know what the comedy stylings are there. But, like, we love you, Vietnam. If you're listening, if you're still listening, I love you. Maybe I'll go there someday if you buy me a ticket. Yeah, um, you should tour around Vietnam. I'm going to do the Vietnam tour. Viet tour. Be yeah. Great. <laughs> Is there any place that you'd love to tour that you've never been to? I mean, anywhere, really. Yeah. Uh, I have not been that many places um, because of uh, being lower in the... I don't even know if it's lower middle class. I would have... I don't know. I'm <laughs> On the socioeconomic spectrum, I am low. Um, <clears throat> but, uh, so yeah, money has been an yeah. issue. Uh, but... Um, I was lucky enough to travel to my like one big vacation that I've taken in my over three decades of being alive uh, was I went to London and Paris. Oh, um, cool! And then otherwise, when I've uh, traveled across the U.S., um, it's because I like found a cheap flight. Like I was in Denver recently, um, and you know found a round trip flight for like two hundred bucks. So oh shit! Like, I can swing that. Um, But, yeah, I mean, there's plenty of places in the U.S. I would like to see. Uh, Never been to New Orleans. Never been to Seattle. uh, Never been to – I'd like to go back to Austin. I'd like to go back to Chicago. Um, Yeah, so there's all kinds of places. And then, you know, really anywhere 
on any of the inhabited continents and even maybe Antarctica, you know. I have a cousin that was stationed in Antarctica for a job for like Whoa. six months or something. She's been all over yeah. the place. She was in the Goodwill Games as a cyclist. Okay. Like she was – she started off as a diver and she got hurt, but then she ended up becoming – working her way up to being a cyclist in the Goodwill Games and like – she, uh, yeah, I have a couple cousins that have done interesting shit, and I'm just like, have an interesting mind. Yeah. I haven't That's done a lot cool. of super interesting shit. I, um, I had a couple LA stories, though. I think I might have told them on here, though, but I got punched, punched out in a, uh, on a city bus, and coming from oh, around North Hollywood, so I used to live yeah. in Valley Village, and, yeah, yeah good stuff. This, this woman, <laughs> she looked like Precious. Uh-huh. Like dead ringer for precious, and she just she whapped the phone out of my hand because I was really laughing at her too hard because the bus driver <laughs> said, "Well, she was like, man, when's this bus gonna move?" And the bus driver was like, "Shit, you ain't got nowhere to go." And everybody on the bus starts laughing, like every single person on the bus, like without yeah. fail. And I, my laugh at the time when I used to when I used to drink was like a cackle, like when I was nineteen, okay. it was a cackle just for watching like shitty movies and thinking they were funny and then yeah. as as i evolved or devolved rather like my cackle got louder and louder but for different reasons it was more sinister and so i had this like sinister cackle so imagine you're this like this somebody is like essentially precious and she's being ridiculed by every single person on the bus including a bus driver that's which has got to yeah. suck and then this fucking white boy is cackling and you're like you're gonna target him and i knew this as soon as she started glaring at me like this is gonna escalate like this mm-hmm. shit is definitely gonna escalate and sure enough it did i was texting my uh my my friend and and she knew damn well i was talking about it like she had six yeah. cents about it and she comes <laughs> up and i had a razor phone this is 2010 and she whaps yeah. the phone out of my hand like Poof, and it breaks in two pieces and one piece I, I find I'm like stumbling because I'm like I, I felt my buzz again. I had taken a nap early or mid midway through the day, which kind of threw my buzz off. But it was yeah. back full force right then. I was like, oh shit! And I kind of like walk stumble over and, and pick up one half of the phone. I was like, okay, now shit's getting real. I started to sober up right then. I'm like, okay, all right, where's the other half of this phone? And I and I look and it's like under her seat, under Precious's seat. I was like, oh fuck. I said, all right, she already threatened to beat my ass because she told her mom on the phone, and I'm about to beat this white boy's ass. And so I go, and I like, I just kind of like bend I have, sorry, but I have to. And she's like, oh, fuck no. And I was like, well, okay. Oh, excuse me, I burped. And I, <laughs> I grab, I, grab I, 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 I go to grab it, and she just starts beating on me. It's like, bam, 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 bam. And oh, I stumble geez. back. I was like, can someone get this person off the bus? You know, I, I said asshole or something or something like that. And then this one guy was just like, man, there's too much damn tension on this bus. And this guy's probably seen some shit. Like, he probably grew up in Watts or something. Yeah. Because the, just the way that he was saying that, like, he, not again, you know. Right, right. This yeah, again. <laughs> yeah, this shit again. God damn it. And, and then I was like, well, fuck it. I really need that phone because I'm not trying to, like, call my parents to send a new phone because that would be embarrassing. And so, because right. I was poor as shit. The entire time I was there, I was very misguided and I was super poor. Not that yeah. I'm not poor now, but I was, I was a mis, <laughs> I'm not misguided poor anymore. I'm just, like, poor. But then sure. I was, like, completely misguided poor. 
And so I walk, I would just walk over there and I, I just covered myself up. <laughs> and I fucking, <laughs> she just wails on me again. But this time I clutched the piece of the phone and I was, I put it back together when I got home and all was well, except I had a black eye for a week. Oh, jeez. Yeah. Well, I'm sorry that happened. Yeah. Do you, have, do you have any terrible LA stories? Um, let's see. Nothing that comes to oh i would say probably i mean this isn't even that crazy but uh probably the most wild thing that happened to me is um i was walking home from a bar at like 2 a.m by myself oh shit um which you know not my best idea no um but also why is the burden on me to you know right 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 like it's bullshit because people are super attacky unfortunately I can't, right. I don't so, even understand the impulse to like actually go about and attack someone. I mean, I've been in a car and being like, I'm gonna run this asshole over, <laughs> like Grand Theft Auto style, just like fuck it. But I don't understand actually wanting to hurt somebody like a strange woman walking home. Like, continue as you were. Well, it's probably because I mean, I mean, who knows what is about like the psychology of people who do attack people. But anyway, yeah. So I mean. Freud, our friend Freud would know. Um, <laughs> our Czech, Austrian, but, non-German friend. <laughs> but, uh, so I'm walking home, and uh, this guy just kind of in- intersects with my path and then ends up walking alongside me. And he's like, he's like singing already. He's like singing by himself, and then he comes up alongside me, still singing. I'm alone. I'm a little drunk. I'm. It, the bar was like a 12-minute walk from my house, so it wasn't yeah. like I wasn't like trudging for miles and miles. But you know, I'm like, oh god, what's this? What's gonna happen here? He's like singing at me, and I was just like, can I help you? <laughs> and I quickly noticed that he is wearing a pretty flimsy robe, like a bathrobe. Yeah, and. And then a moment later, I realize he's not wearing anything underneath because he kind of like shifts a little bit and the opening like oh. kind of opens up and he is naked. I see his penis. Oh I'm God. like, dude, you're naked. Oh he, I, um, I don't want to make any sort of generalizations or assumptions, but I had to assume he's probably homeless. He did not seem sober. No. So he's like, you know, he's whatever's going on in his life. Um, I didn't, at any point, I didn't feel safe per se, but I didn't necessarily feel threatened at any point. He wasn't, mm-hmm. he wasn't being menacing, really. He's literally just kind of walking alongside me and singing and then just like trying to <laughs> engage in a conversation. He's naked under this robe he, you know he's kind of he, I don't know if he was like coked out or what drug he was on but he you know something was going on he was in yeah. an altered state <clears throat> and I get to my street the whole time because also you know as a, a, a young woman by herself walking at 2am uh, you know you want to diffuse as much tension as possible yeah, just easing the tension take, yeah <laughs> you, you don't want to say get the fuck away from me because you don't know how that person's going to react are they going to get violent are they going to you know yeah, scream at you you don't know because first it's LA and second like <laughs> they could be uh, ill in some fashion right. 
yeah, addicted I don't know to something or it's, uh, perhaps schizophrenic or and not on any medication. Like you don't know. So it's like, sure. do you say put your pe- put your fucking penis away? Like, are you just <laughs> yeah? So hope I he just, puts it back I in his robe. Like, I'm just like trying to stay as calm as possible. You know, hoping that I get away from this situation safely. And um, I get to my street and I said, okay, look, this is my street. I don't want you to walk with me any further. I want you to just please keep walking because I don't want you to know where I live and I feel a little unsafe. And this is where we part ways. And he said, okay, have a nice night. And then he just kept walking and I walked like past my apartment because I didn't want to, like if he was maybe kind of like still lingering around yeah. I didn't want him to see me go into my building to like know exactly where I lived um but then like when I saw the coast was clear I finally like went inside and I was just like dude like man if that had escalated like that could have gotten so much worse I you know feel very lucky that it didn't escalate any further but yeah, seriously. Uh, that the next day I bought a bicycle <laughs> because I was like okay if I if I that happens again I'll just ride my bike home <laughs> and it'll be it'll, the chances of like a random guy trying to engage with me at 2 a.m. Uh, are less. The chances of that are less. Yeah. So I'm just They'll just have to yell at you while you're passing by instead. Right. I'm like you know, going like three times as fast as There's like, hey, woman, hey, woman. And you're just like <laughs> speeding you. past like, it. Bye. Yeah. Fuck you. Yeah. So, yeah, I bought a bicycle. Um, and then at the same bar that I what, had been coming home from the, the, that one night, uh, I rode my bike there a few, probably like a couple weeks later, and then I got the front wheel stolen off my bike. Oh shit, that, that happened to me too. Ugh, man, In college, yeah. And, yeah. So uh, I finally got the wheel replaced after like it being gone for like a year. Shit. But um, yeah, so that's probably like maybe my wackiest LA story. But I've, yeah, I suppose I've been lucky enough to not encounter anything too yeah, yeah. Scary. too fucked up like black eyes and penises you know that's you know what that's what it's, it's about gosh <laughs> I, I saw a uh, a guy that he didn't have any arms or he had stubs mm-hmm. is that the proper term stubs I'd say probably not <laughs> no <laughs> I amputation yeah, ampute- yeah, I would say he's uh, a person with I don't know. Well, you always want to say person first. Um, yes. You know, to, to humanize them, you know, someone just Absolutely. to, you know, just to remind, you know, people that people are people. people um, are so I would people. say maybe a person with no arms. A person with no arms. An okay way to say that. Yes. A, I beg your pardon. A person with no <laughs> arms was on the, got on the bus and I was like, oh man, I, you know, I'm empathetic. So even in LA when I was less of that. Um, you know, I was younger, so I was kind of, I wasn't a douchebag, but I wasn't completely not a douchebag. And so, (laughs) but I, yeah, exactly. But I still, um, I still, you know, recognize that this guy had some, you know, had, had, had an issue with what he was about to do, which was open a Dorito bag. So he's sitting there like a few rows up from me and he's talking about mumbling about Star Wars. Like he was talking about the the blast doors on on the Death Star, amongst other things. And I'm, so I'm riv- I love Star Wars, so I'm like riveted by this conversation that he's having with himself. And then he finally does open the Dorito bag, and he gets he eats the Doritos. And I felt like the sense of victory 
that I absorbed uh-huh. from him. God, I mean, it's, it's like going through challenges, you know, because like I, I think now I would have. Is it wrong to like ask him if he wants help with the Dorito bag? Um, I think it probably depends from person to person. Um, I I would say it's certainly better to ask if they want help. Uh, oh, instead of need, just automatically yeah. try to start helping them. <laughs> yeah. Um, I would definitely never. I mean, because that might seem like the right thing to do in the moment. But uh, there are plenty of people with disabilities who know they can accomplish a thing. It might just, you know, they might do it differently or they might take a little bit longer. But, you know, they want to, they know they can do it and they want to do it for themselves. Um, So I wouldn't necessarily just, like, grab the bag of Doritos. No, no. (laughs) That's how you get a black eye. It would have headbutted me in the face and then give me a black eye that way. Um, And then going on to talk about the blast person. I think there's... I would say probably no harm in just politely asking like oh would you like any help with that and you know they either say yes or no and mm-hmm. and then you you know react accordingly but um yeah i don't know i think it, it probably depends on person to person what their preference is i can't certainly speak for people with physical disabilities as i um don't have one mm-hmm. so i am not necessarily the best person to ask yeah. but if um you encounter someone a person who does have a physical disability i think it'd be i think it would be appropriate to ask them like hey what's your preferred you know uh way to handle this or do do you like to be asked for help or how you know how do you want that to Mm -hmm. be handled so yeah um tell me about teaching because it's obvious you have like a teaching background just the way that you're able to instruct like just then (laughs) yeah (laughs) Thanks. Um, I certainly don't have any training to be a teacher. No one taught me how to teach. Interesting. If that makes sense. Um, I teach a couple comedy and writing classes. Um, Mm -hmm. I just got back from teaching a class at the LGBT Center in Los Angeles. Uh, I teach a stand-up class there um, for their senior citizens. Um, which I is like so much fun and so cool and like they're so funny and it's like really great. Um, but yeah, Very I just cool. kind of fell into teaching. Um, it, when I was in grad school, I uh, part of the program was to teach like some undergrads screenwriting classes. So I kind of got my first taste of teaching yeah. doing that, and I was like, yeah, I like this. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm not the best at it, but I'm not terrible so um, I mean, you took your shot like you're willing to do stuff because do, <laughs> do you think stand-up helped you prepare for something like that yeah it definitely helped me um be comfortable in front of a, a room and yeah. and talk in a coherent way that sort of makes sense so <laughs> uh yeah and, and so lately i've been teaching um different sort of uh script writing classes or uh stand-up classes here and there at different um places so but yeah i really like it i like to um you know teach people and help people you know find their voice and yeah. and all of that stuff but um awesome. like you... my best friend is an actual teacher like he you know went and got a master's degree in education and he oh, wow. teaches seventh grade writing classes in boston so yeah like he he is able to say that he's a teacher much more so than i can claim to be um mm-hmm. But, yeah, I would say that I, I instruct different classes 
and but it's yeah it's really fun i really like it and um uh i enjoy sharing knowledge knowledge is power knowledge is power <laughs> knowledge of screenwriting is power too also. yes uh, i mean what is the most important thing to learn about is screenwriting you know like you can't get i'm obviously kidding um <laughs> but it's like the one thing that i know enough about that i feel comfortable yes. teaching so that's that's what i do you teach uh, do you have a favorite part of screenwriting or element of screenwriting you teach um it's kind of hard to isolate a favorite because crafting a story means that you know you can't craft a a story without characters you can't develop a character really without making sure they're part of a story you know like figuring out what role they play in the story so like everything is so connected and then like you know you're story has a a tone and a theme and you can't like because everything's just so intertwined it's kind of hard to isolate a favorite part of it although if I had to pick something I really enjoy like figuring out the structure and like sort of the sequence of events that a story play out um so I I like that I like like putting the pieces of a puzzle together almost and making a story do you um do you teach the, the beat sheets yeah, um, yeah. I he I should spend more time explaining like what those are to my students, mm-hmm. but um, like I kind of I just cover the basics. All, all, all the screenwriting classes I've taught have just been like very like rudimentary, you know, introduction to screenwriting. So yeah. if I were to teach like a, maybe an intermediate kind of class, I would focus more on that kind of stuff. Um, but yeah, I, I work for the like the beginners. I just kind of focus on like three act structure and like developing a character and uh, just sort of the yeah, like I said, the basics. Um, have have any students actually written something that's pretty solid? Yeah, I've seen a decent number of uh, solid scripts. Um, and then I'll, in addition to teaching classes, I also do like uh, script notes and like story coaching. Oh wow. So, I have a bunch of, you know, comedian friends who um, know they need to write a pilot or have written a pilot, but they don't really know what they were doing or they don't Mm -hmm. really know where to start. Um, So oftentimes I'll meet with them and basically kind of like coach them through how to write a pilot Um, or they'll send me the pilot they've written and I give them notes on it and they give me money and we're all better people. The part where they give you money is a nice part. (laughs) Yes, because I, I was, I've been doing script reading for probably as long as I've been doing comedy. Like I yeah. started out after I graduated from college, um, I got a bunch of like internships reading scripts for different like production companies and stuff oh, like wow. that. And I did it unpaid for many many years, and I was like, I'm good enough at this that people should freaking pay me. Yeah. So I started like charging you know, friends or friends of friends for me to read their stuff. And they were like, yeah. And, you know, I've proven myself to be competent enough at it that I don't mind asking people for money. That's and great. it all works out. I've, um, I've used for, for coverage. I've mostly used coverage Inc. Are you familiar with them? Coverage Inc. I don't, I don't think I am. No, they're pretty good. Um, they've been around since I think 2002. And okay. I first heard about them in 2007, I want to say, when I went out for a screenwriting expo, and they're they're really solid. Like, oh, nice. Yeah, I mean, 
they were pretty tough. Like they'll give you full on notes and stuff. And yeah, I'll have to show you an example of something they've they've covered. You know, so yeah. might might uh, be helpful to you um, when you're you know when, when you're setting rates and you know like show you how they break it down. It's like, well, I can do even better than this. Bam. <laughs> Yeah, I uh, I would be curious to know what they charge for rates because uh, I've had different people tell me like, dude, you should charge more. Like, you're not yeah, like you're not charging enough. But I figured like, well, you know, I haven't really like established much of a reputation at this that anyone like knows about, which is uh, what a reputation is. Yeah. yeah. Um, but like, I was like, I can't like go out like right out of the gate and like charge an arm and a leg because like people. You know, word of mouth hasn't spread uh, yeah. about you know my services and if they're any good. So I keep my yeah my rates are kind of cheap now, but um, yeah, I should just think about. Yeah, I'll definitely I'll definitely show you that because I mean they they not not every time, but most of the time like they've had readers that have been like really solid. They give us ideas. I mean, so yeah, so it's it's an interesting experience. It's just like. You vomit out a draft and then you like send it there and you like try to divorce yourself from the results of it because when it comes back you know it's gonna have have notes ideas and just like the the rating of like pass uh, consider the reservations consider and then recommend and ninety yeah. percent of them are pass. Oh yeah, and we've sure. gotten consider the reservations a few times and consider as writers like several times and it's just. I like being held to a high, like a high standard because you know that Hollywood's going to do that to you or New York Absolutely. or wherever you're you're uh, selling your wares to, and so you got to be ready. Yeah. Especially if you're not someone that doesn't have like thirty script ideas and is always constantly working on 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 another project. Like if yeah. you have like I got these three projects and then that's <laughs> all I got. Like I'm tapping out like Salinger. Like I'm just done. <laughs> and and uh, you you got to be bringing it strong. And so like some of the products we me and my writing partner have worked on is just, we just wait. Like we just crank out another draft and wait. And one of them we're finally just like fuck this, we're done with this, and just trying mm-hmm. to just in the process of selling that because we've we've placed in contests like a few few different times. Oh, cool. Yeah. So it's like you know you feeling like you're on the right track, but then. You know, it's like I want to be held, hold, hold. God damn it! I want to be held to this. Damn you, duels! I want to be held to this high, high standard at the same time as I want to sell something. So it's very interesting. Wait, duels is a non-alcoholic beer, right? Yeah, yeah. That, oh, great joke! Hilarious. Yeah, yeah. Thank you. <laughs> it's it's um, good. It calms me down. Yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, definitely. That's why, like don't just if you have a script like don't just send it to your mom yeah because like you know or you know whatever guardian like has you know supports you the most yeah don't get filleted like, get great. get destroyed pay yeah this is great honey yeah good, good job i love you everything's good and... i mean that's nice to hear too but also yeah. like definitely because like so much of hollywood is getting rejected and you know whatever uh that yeah you want um someone to be honest with you constructive but honest so yeah 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 with my notes my approach to notes is always just like i find like most people have a good idea um and usually the problem is it's just not executed as well as it could be so i 
basically just like point out what's working and what's not. And then for what's not working, I always give suggestions on how to, how to make it work better. So oh, that's great. Yeah, that's always my yeah. approach to, to giving notes. So if anyone out there, yeah, I know it's on a script, go it's... to caitlinduranti.com. You can contact me through that. Excellent. And, and then we'll go from there. Degenerate nation will personally send you one to, and pay you your rate. All right. Yeah. And it, for for those uh, Vietnam listeners <laughs> who uh, have written a script, I'm afraid I don't speak Vietnamese. But if you have a script in English, I can also read that. <laughs> Woohoo! So do, yeah, <laughs> make sure you get a translation device. <laughs> make sure it's called translation device before you purchase it with your <laughs> currency from Vietnam. It, industry standard translation device. Yeah, you must have industry standard. You'll be laughed out. You must use three brads and not two. <laughs> no one did, uh-huh. no one prints anything anymore. It's all PDF. It's, yeah, um, I have... Oh, I didn't mention how we semi-blew up and then obviously like kind of tapered down to where we were before. But I did an episode where we talked... We do the old bait and switch where we talk about something and then like drop it a couple minutes in and then talk about whatever the hell we wanted to talk about. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, so we talked about Pokemon Go, and this is right as it was coming out. And uh-huh. overnight, I, I like sometimes I'll check I'll check how we're doing and stuff, uh, listener-wise, and we had like 20,000. I was like, where the fuck did this come from wow. overnight? And then it turns out it was, you know, Pokemon Go people from all over the world were were hammering us and just coming at us, you know, like, like listening to us and or just playing for about a minute and a half and then be like oh, they're talking about dicks like all right we're out of here <laughs> or maybe a little longer maybe they were you know five seven minutes and they're like all right they're talking about dicks but i like this and then we're gonna keep <laughs> click subscribe you know you don't actually get to know the subscriber um count through buzzsprout but which i use you use libsyn Pretty good. Pretty good we, stuff. We did pre being on the network, and then the network ha- handles all that stuff now. Oh, that's so, great. They have yeah, they have their own like feed. But yeah, we were on uh, Libsyn, but we get like most of our for the Bechtelcast, we get just most of our engagement on like Twitter and Instagram. People, yeah. you know, sending us messages or tweeting at us, and um, that's how largely we like engage with our audience. That's great. You're legitimately on a network. You're not broadcasting into the void. <laughs> I mean, we still might be, but uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's it's been really nice. So we we we're having a great time on the network, and um, a lot of the other like all the other podcasts on the network are like really cool. A lot of them are like very educational, and then of the other like comedy ones, they're just like really fun to listen to. Yeah. Usually, like a deviation from you know what you usually hear, which is I don't know, like straight white dude who do comedy talking about comedy and it's like okay well what else like there's yeah. other stuff to talk about so, i think i'm asexual yeah, so at this point so it's not <laughs> you're not on a, on a straight white guy show right. exactly <laughs> um yeah so uh check out the dactyl cast check out other how stuff works podcast yeah check out Degenerate Nation. Oh, wait, you already... You already did. Thank you, Vietnam. We love you. We're going to roll out. (laughs)
Peace. Yeah. So normally we start we stop abruptly, but I think we I think we got a little bit a little tiny bit more in the tank. What do you think? Uh yeah, that's I we're good. I'm good. Okay, great. Great super. Great. Yeah, how do you how do, I didn't get it all the way to the end of the episode cuz I ran out of time, but like how do you what's your sign off? Do you have like a song? Cuz I knew you got a sign in song. Oh yeah, no, we don't have a sign off song. We usually just say uh, uh, here's where you can follow us on social media, uh, yeah. rate and review us on iTunes. Okay, bye. Sometimes if we'll like for the <laughs> we just did a Mission Impossible episode. Uh, oh sweet. So I'll I'll say some stupid thing where it's like this episode will self destruct in five <laughs> seconds. Okay, Classic. I like that. Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes I wish my episodes would self destruct. <laughs> It's like, oh god, damn it! Like, oh, that was that wasn't one of our best. Let's yeah, just read that one. <laughs> like, there's there's a few that I listened to again, um, a couple times. I'd be like, yeah, this one, I like this one. Like, that was solid. Uh, I yeah. think one of my favorites favorite ones was Horny Singles Part Two. It was with Ooh. uh with my brother Ricky Tomahawk, and that one it was it was just really it was goofy and. And we, my brother did. My brother and I did robot voices for a little bit, and that was fun. Uh, yeah, Lumberjack Erotica was another one I really liked. Um, I wrote me and my friend that uh, I initially did the podcast with when when I uh, lived in LA. Like we did like one episode. It's like a secret episode because like it's not available anywhere because I don't want to ever post it because <laughs> I was drunk and probably an asshole on that one. That happened with uh, so Jamie and I are both obsessed with the movie Titanic. Oh, and nice! We we did uh, one of our earlier episodes was about the movie, and then like later we were like, I feel like there's more we have to say about it. So <laughs> we recorded a second episode, um, and it was so we okay we it was, I think it was Thanksgiving. Yeah, we were both had been drinking all day. We had recorded two other episodes prior to that. And then we're like, let's watch Titanic for three hours and 14 minutes and then another episode about it. But we were just so drunk and tired by that point and just, like, exhausted from having recorded two other episodes. It, like, yeah. it is trash. It is unlistenable. Like, we don't make any sense. We just <laughs> repeat ourselves the whole time. It, Yeah, so we didn't release that one. But then a couple months later, when we weren't drinking... And we were like, all right, we still want to do another yeah, <laughs> another Titanic episode. So we did that, and that one is good. That one lives on our um, Patreon page. Um, nice. <clears throat> so it's like a little more exclusive. But, uh, That's the bonus one? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. The bonus yeah. page? Very cool. Yeah, exactly. So. <laughs> like, I, um, oh, wait, are you guys friends via your Titanic fandom? Was that a, a severe impact on your friendship in a positive way? Uh, well, I mean, we we discovered that that we both loved it um, a few like quite a ways into our friendship. Like we know each knew each other from Boston, oh, both okay. did comedy there, uh, both moved here. Jamie moved here about a year after I did. Yeah. Um, and then I was like, "Hey, I want to start this podcast. Do you want to do it with me?" And she's like, "Yeah, sounds great." So you know, we were started hanging out a lot more. Recorded a few episodes. And then, like, at one point, we were like, I can't, I love Titanic, I can't wait to, wait to talk about it. 
And she's like, I love Titanic. I watch it <laughs> every year. And so, yeah, we've both seen it like dozens of times. Like I've spent a whole week of my life watching Titanic uh, when you do the math. So Yeah, at least. <laughs> my, my brother had a friend in middle school. Again, this is middle school that watched uh, Titanic like seventh grade, I think, like seven times in the theater. Wow, that's but, impressive. But you're here to say it's not just a 1997 middle school thing to do. It's a, it's something that grown women do and probably grown men. It's a good movie. I know a fair number. Of, so a lot of men I know have not seen the movie because they dismissed it as like, you know, a, lo- a sappy love story. Yeah. Um, Which it is. But then, <laughs> then it gets really good. It gets so good. The visual practical effects yes. in the last like hour of the movie are incredible. Um, but yeah, so, but there are, I know a fair number of men who like live and die by Titanic. And it's like, whenever I meet one, it's like, oh, you're like a unicorn. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> have, have you ever dated someone that was a huge Titanic fan? You know what? I don't think I have. Uh, it's out there. I don't. I think that would be like, what's the opposite of a deal breaker? Like a deal maker. I yeah, guess. deal maker. Like if I met a guy who I liked who also was like super into Titanic. I was like, well, I guess we have to get married now. Well, he like, has like a Titanic onesie. Is that taking it too far? Or is that perfect? Um, I don't know. I feel like. I don't know. Like, would I go so far as to have a Titanic-themed wedding? <laughs> um, maybe. Yes. <laughs> no, I don't think so. But uh, I mean, I don't. I don't really believe in marriage and weddings, anyway. So. Oh yeah. I don't think. Yeah. Wait. We're we're not recording, so are we or are we? Oh, I can cut are it we off. Still recording. Yeah, I can cut it oh, off from like ten minutes. Oh, no, ago. no, no. Okay. Um, I was just curious. Um, yeah. I. Hello, everyone. I'm paying attention to what's going on. Yes. Uh, <laughs> so, t- uh, what was I saying? Um, oh, yeah. So, not believing in marriage. Uh, marriage. Weddings. I certainly don't really enjoy wedding culture. The the fact that we like place so much emphasis on this. I just don't like cer- ceremonies that much. Um, yeah. And the fact that like. I don't know. People are like, yeah, I've spent tens of thousands of dollars. Yeah, it's ridiculous. On a wedding, the whole thing. Like, I just, I don't know. People place so much emphasis on like the wedding day. Oh, it's the happiest day of your life. Blah blah blah. And it's like, what does that mean? That every day after that, with your new spouse, is downhill. Like, kind of. <laughs> because people don't know how to treat each other. Largely, no. Um, but I don't, I just like, I don't like the consumerism aspect of, of, uh, weddings and that just like so much emphasis is placed on what's ultimately an extremely meaningless ceremony. Um, Mm -hmm. please at me if you disagree, but I just, I don't know, like our cultures like obsessed with weddings. Like we just love them when and they're so they're great and everyone loves getting married and da 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 I'm just like I don't know I've never bought into that um and then I mean marriage like I'm fine with like people committing to each other yeah in a meaningful way but I feel like marriage is something that was just kind of like invented by religion and then like co-opted by 
the government, I guess, where it's like, all right, you have, in order to receive, you know, <laughs> benefits and tax breaks and stuff like that, you, gotta be like, married. you have to get married. And it's like, well, what about single people who you can't date because we don't know how to date? Like, <laughs> what about me? Where are my tax breaks? I want a break um, for, like, just being <laughs> alone. give me some Um, money for that i earned it yeah i uh, really did i don't know yeah i just like i have plenty of married friends like you know i know plenty of married people i don't want to you know seem like i'm saying like boo to married people but it's just it's not something i have any interest in doing myself it's not a goal of mine um, which has made my life very easy because I know some people who are like, oh, I have to be married and have my first kid by the time I'm 35, and I'm edging close to that age. Yeah. And if I if that was a goal of mine, I'd be panicking because I've never been more single. But I, yeah, I just I don't. It's not a goal. I have no interest in getting married. I, I it's not something I just want to do, and I don't. Certainly, if I did decide that it was like worth it i guess if i like needed a spouse's health insurance or something um (laughs) then i maybe would consider it but i certainly like wouldn't have a wedding like i just get a silver ceremony yeah i would just like go to a courthouse yeah sign a marriage certificate and that would be the end of that yeah i don't know i just i don't know is there anything sexier than a than a courthouse wedding of the two I people, don't think so. No, it's pretty sexy. <laughs> it's extremely hot. Then you go across the street for some Five Guys. Wait, does LA have Five Guys burgers? You do, yeah. Not nice. they're not everywhere. They're not all around, but yeah, there's little. Yeah, there's they're here and there. Yeah, I think that's romantic. And you feed each other French fries, of course, to spice it up a little bit. Yeah, <laughs> that's that's I'm where I'm headed. Don't they have like peanut shells? <laughs> Are there like peanut shells on the floor? Yeah. Oh yeah, you just throw them on the floor fucking great yeah just like trudge through all those peanut shells it's gonna be a very sexy day for you (laughs) there was a there was a local steakhouse chain and i think they were i think they were in the east up and down the east coast a little bit too uh was it long longhorn steakhouse oh texas road uh, it might be longhorn yeah or texas some texas steak texas something something steakhouse and they (laughs) They had a huge issue because they lost a lot of money when someone tripped on the a large person, uh, a person who was large. Sorry, a person <laughs> yeah. who was large tripped <laughs> tripped on some fucking peanut shells or claimed to, and like broke her hip or something like that. Oh, no. So they took those away. Yeah. And the business went belly up. I think. Well, you know, uh, probably for the best. Uh, yeah. Who needs? Everyone's allergic to peanuts these days anyway. That's a liability to have them lying around, so... Yeah. They're, they're probably better off. Five Guys is really scaring away some uh, some customers with that. Idiots. Yeah. Yeah, gee whiz. It actually started it started out around D.C. Oh, yeah? Uh-huh. How come there's no restaurant chain called Five Gals? You should start it. Five women. What five is that? five women. What do they do? They sell burgers or something else? They sell. Oh, good question. Um, the, uh, let me get back to you. With my <laughs> <business plan. laughs> yeah, that's right. I want I, it on PDF. I feel like there should be more 
Because I feel like, oh, man, oh, man, the patriarchy's all over. So many restaurants are named after men. men. You've got Burger King, but then you also have Dairy Queen. But you've got, you know... Dairy Queen's uh, way better, so there's that. Yeah. Then, ooh, I just remembered I had some ice cream in my fridge. I'm, or yeah. fr- freezer. I'm so excited to eat that. Yeah, um, dessert. In five minutes. <laughs> I yeah. deserve it. I earned it. That's right. Um, Five-minute warning, people. <laughs> Vietnam, uh, heads up. Recording for so an hour and a half. Damn. Yeah. We're so good at talking. Um, yes, I'm the best. So, uh, what's that? Ja- Jack in the Box? Oh, That's Jesus Christ. Please, please tell me you don't eat there. Carl's Jr., a man? It was also known okay. as Hardee's in our coast. Hardy, right. Hardee's, I guess that's pretty gender neutral. Yeah. But uh, I would guess that there's more um, restaurants either named after men or have some sort of male identifier in the name of the restaurant than there are uh, female-oriented restaurants. Aren't so all the McDonald's mascots uh, men? McDonald's is probably a man, and Ronald McDonald is definitely male-identifying. Male-identifying. So. He might not be cis. We don't know. We don't care because we're <laughs> we're non-discriminatory here at the Dinner Nation. I've also had to reiterate many times that we are a body-positive podcast. So good. Yeah, glad, it's glad great. And I, my only rule is that, like, I have like obviously I have to like. Blur, blurred out if someone like slurs for some reason lets a slur out uh-huh. and then I'm like alright now I'm gonna make me fucking edit you racist asshole <laughs> man maybe you should uh, screen your guests yeah no I just it's it. I use it mostly as a joke but okay. one, one, one friend just muttered something while he was high on ketamine so oh good yeah. what's that special K Is special that K yeah special K he was in a K-hole, as they say. So uh, I was like, that I should put that on my resume, that I managed to do improv with someone who was in a K-hole. Because that was difficult. You know what? That job skill would go a long way in a <laughs> lot of markets. So yeah. I think you should put it on your resume. Oh, definitely. I got to put that on my resume. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, Any... honestly, I, I used to be a resume consultant when I was in grad school. And oh, I wow. Really You're a hustler. I, you know, I've done it all. I've, dri- I've driven delivery for Hooters restaurant. How <laughs> many people can say that? Not even me. I, and I've delivered for I delivered yeah. for Jimmy John's. Ooh, Jimmy John's is good. That's pretty good. Jimmy John's another male yes. named restaurant. He named it after Pizza himself. Hut? Pizza Hut, pretty gender neutral. So gender neutral. Papa John's, boo. Yeah, for many reasons. Uh, Little Caesars? Caesars a man. Caesars a man. <laughs> hot and ready. Caesars hot and ready for you, and he's a man. Uh, yeah, oh, gee whiz. <laughs> gee uh, willikers! Uh, what, what, <laughs> Wendy's is a woman. Wendy's is a woman. It's the best one but, of all. But Dave Thomas is the brainchild behind Wendy's. So that's true. I would argue that's still a um, I used too. to love so Wendy so much that I checked out Dave Thomas's biography. <laughs> yeah. But it was in high school and but then I got like too like temporarily depressed to read it. <laughs> so I read like two chapters and uh-huh. I took it back. But I mm-hmm. I, I I wanted to read it. Let the record okay. show. That's 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 it's the thought that counts. And that man did not cut corners. Oh, 
good. I'm glad to hear it. Yeah. Uh, KFC Colonel Sanders. Mm-hmm. That's another man. There's your spin-off podcast, KFC. like restaurants that don't <laughs> don't pass the Bechdel test. Please listen to my new podcast, <laughs> Women in Restaurants and the Lack Thereof. Yeah, just c- women in restaurants. You get a lot of hits, and then it turns out you, you bust in with a bunch of <clears throat> comedic stuff, and they're like, what is this? Wait a minute. Because I mean, restaurants, like, people aren't attracted to restaurant podcasts probably, but they will be because you just get the search engine optimization going, you know, and they'll be like, I'm in a rest. I'm a woman in a restaurant. I'm going to look up women in restaurants, or I want to work <laughs> in the restaurant industry. I'm going to be, I'm an aspiring uh, Hooters delivery driver. And I'm going to work in this. I'm going to look up women in restaurants. And then your yeah. podcast is the first thing that pops up on Google. I'm going to be the most popular <laughs> podcast you've ever heard of. Yeah. Listen. Yeah. And it doesn't so, have to be about restaurants. You can just talk about anything and that just be your catchy name, women in restaurants. <laughs> right. <laughs> women in restaurants getting food. Getting I'm, food. I'm stealing the Jerry's Seinfeld Comedians and cars getting coffee. Yes, I mean someone's title. gonna steal it. It's, it's yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Mine geez. was something about people. I, I would have said would have would have said homeless people um, in something and drinking, and but now I would say people who are homeless and then in yeah. blank location drinking. Yeah, yeah, we're all, you know, we're all growing, we're all learning. I also might not be entirely right about, like, I don't know, I, 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 like here's the thing about language. Is yeah, no, I think you're right. It's complicated. Yeah. Oh, it's, it is complicated, uh, yes. Subjective at times. Um, but, yeah, I feel like when in, when in doubt, it's best to, shout out to the movie Doubt. Um, when in <laughs> doubt, uh, it's best to um, humanize the person first by rather than saying like autistic person you would say person with autism yeah um so yeah that's that's just a a good rule of thumb to to live by i love it Um, we're adding to how inclusive we already are by being body positive and and non-racist and and we're including people with blank yeah. And it's people with the blank is power. The blank is power. And yeah, um, all, our differences is is what um, makes people <laughs> special and great and <laughs> worth including. So Yeah, let's include everybody. Yeah. We got we got Vietnam, we got everybody. Yeah. <laughs> we were big in Jakarta for a while. Oh, very good. I had, Indonesia? Indonesia, yeah, I had to look it yeah. up. Uh, I'm not too. Uh, I wasn't. I never studied international relations. Sure, that's okay. I mean, our education system is it's garbage. You know, could be better. I just learned. I don't know how I didn't already know this, but so little federal funding goes to um, education, and it's mostly property taxes in communities that pay for. You know, like the local elementary and uh, public high schools. Yeah. Um, which is why schools in poor neighborhoods are often underfunded and understaffed oh. and don't have the best resources. And it's just like, like, why is the, why are federal taxes not ensuring that 
every kid regardless of their like family's income level and regardless of what uh, community they come from or like the you know yeah the whatever that kids have access to the same education like the same resources it's insane to me that we let uh like poor lower income communities just kind of have worse access to anything. Like, <laughs> sit oh, there and rot. Yeah, it's... don't get me started. Yeah, I. I mean, I, I have to eat my ice cream in one minute. <laughs> <laughs> so don't get me started. Yeah, you you how you yeah. let me know when you're ready to eat your ice cream because you've <laughs> kicked ass tonight. Oh gee, I've had a great time. Thanks for having me on the, on the podcast. Absolutely, anytime. That's what we do. Yay! Do you have any final thoughts for us? Um, I would just like to say uh, thanks for listening to me yammer on for yammer. Yeah, that's a half. great word. <laughs> uh, uh, it's yammer time. Yeah. <clears throat> Sorry, that was a dumb. Thing. <laughs> um, uh, hopefully, you um, want to check out the Bechtel cast. Check it uh, out, or I'll like refuse said, to ever broadcast again. It's like. <laughs> It's less buzzkill than I made it seem. We we keep it funny with the Jamie it's and I funny. Are comedians. Yeah. We make plenty of jokes. We usually have, you know, comedian guests on, so it's uh it's great fun and it's also informative and so check that out and uh and and just, you know, be be cool and and have fun out there. Absolutely. <laughs> and of course, don't forget to tune into our next episode of featuring Sinbad. I, no, he's not coming on. But we'll name it ah. Interview with Sinbad. And then, like, <laughs> 74 people will log in and then listen to two minutes and realize they're, they're you know, there's no Sinbad in it. And they'll just bail. But two of those people will stay. Yeah. And that's what it's all about. It's I highly recommend the bait and switch method. <laughs> it's, it's even better than the withdrawal method. It's way up there as far as methods go. It's great. Sure. Yeah. Okay, I'll All right. practice that. You practice, practice that. Sex, practice uh, bait and switch, and <laughs> and everyone just stay stay safe out there. Don't walk home alone at night again. Do I mean, again, don't do it. Uh, no, okay. Here's the thing. I'm not gonna tell victim like people to not do something. Uh, I'm not gonna say don't walk home alone at night. What I will say is, if you're someone who feels like they want to grab a woman off the street don't do that yeah that's, that's bad <laughs> that's bad behavior you're a neanderthal that is yes. not non-racist not or body positive or all-inclusive type <laughs> behavior that is grunt behavior don't be a grunt don't be biff don't be biff tannin from back to the future please don't be biff i actually met a real life biff once his name was biff and he grabbed a girl oh. in in a taxi when i was in college and I saw, I didn't know what to do, so I just started quoting him. Um, that, yikes. Yeah. Is she okay? Yeah, she... I, he knew her, but that doesn't mean that that's okay. And she, but she was okay, and, um, but she was like, you're being an asshole. I was like, now Biff, don't con me. Uh, okay, so you were quoting the Biff actual... The, yeah, Biff from the movie. Tannen. Yeah, the actual Biff Tannen. <laughs> And my friend said, what are you doing? I was like, I don't know. This is a... When else would I have this opportunity? <laughs> it's the only Biff that's in existence, and I have to harass him. So I did. I harassed yeah. him, and then he was 
he shot out. Sounds like he deserved it. So. He did. He, he's like, one of these days, Lorraine. All right. <laughs> You're going to pay my wife. Anyway, so yeah, uh, don't be a biff. Don't be a biff. Well, we're going to bid you adieu to Generation. So don't forget to listen to Bechtelcast and tweet at Caitlin Durante. Yay! Yeah. Yay! And rate us on iTunes and all that stuff that we don't we usually forget to say. <laughs> so tell your friends. And if you don't have very many friends, we're your friends. So talk to us. Uh, email us at DegenerateNation at gmail.com and tweet at DegenerateShow. All righty. Good night! Bye.